Welcome to NFT Rebels, the podcast where technology, creativity, education, and non-fungible experiences meet each other. It's me, Anne Alexander, and in each episode, me and the Rebels will have a real unscripted talk, share genuine opinions, and show raw emotions. Should we start? Hello, hello, everyone, and welcome to the NFT Rebels. I'm super excited to welcome Franklin to the studio. Uh, welcome, Franklin, and and thank you for saying yes and dedicating time to me and my audience. No problem. Glad to be here. Nice. So um, I guess we just start from the very beginning. It's it's always like everyone has a bit of backstory because uh, NFT space is so new. I mean, in comparison, obviously, that almost everyone ha- has been doing something else before they got into this space. So who was Franklin pre-NFT times? Um, Pre-NFT times, um, I guess up until around the pandemic started, um, I wasn't really much of a investor i didn't really put my money anywhere i'll just you know, spend it all so i um i lived in california at the time and moved to the east coast and i was working or still am working as an engineer so it wasn't really anything related to crypto or nfts um i probably got i got into crypto and was interested during the pandemic because there's just a lot of you know a lot more talk about it going on social media and twitter not not nearly as much as now but I was just following the economy and noticed that um, crypto was doing pretty, pretty well um, towards the latter end of 2020. So um, it was just something that always interested me. I didn't know it would obviously turn out like this, but um, more specifically, my journey into NFT started with, uh, well, first, I made my Twitter account on election day of 2020, just to follow the news and to do some, to follow like the prediction markets to see, you know, who was, putting money on what side on different political results in the United States and um, just following different people on Twitter kind of went down the rabbit hole. Then you start looking up different um, ways to make money through investments like stocks and, and crypto. And then by March of last year, 2021, I um, found out a lot about Topshot. And so I started moving a lot of my crypto investments into Topshot, which is, I guess, still sort of crypto base you can still you can buy your yeah. uh, moments and stuff with crypto so that that led me to do more research on twitter follow as many top shot collectors as i could to kind of see their strategies and what they were interested in um and how they approached nfts because i realized that top shot um, actually pretty much explained nfts to me in a in a way that i could really understand as far as um, things that are minted only one time on the blockchain, and that, that, that date's not going to change. So it'll just be out there forever for anybody to collect and hold or, or resell. So that so one thing led to another. And then the big profile picture of Boom, I think, started with the Board Ape Yacht Club about nine months ago at the beginning of May. So a lot of people who I followed on Twitter changed their profile pictures and made, you know, instantly made they're able to personal identity. So I thought that was a pretty cool thing to do. And it was something, you know, as I was following a lot of the trends and trying to see, you know, where to get ahead, that was, I thought that was the best move for me to also join that club. So um, I minted 
three apes and then you know the rest is history i the same day on may 1st i started buying a lot of apes at the time and the where at the time the floor price was like you know 0. 0.2 0. 0.3 it was very 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 cheap compared to it is now so yeah um, and the minting price was 0. 0.08 right yeah it was 0. 0.08 for any ape so there wasn't a bonding curve and i had realized that by them saying it it, it implied to me that previous projects um, would make a bunch of money during the mint process by raising the price as more um, yeah. NFTs got minted to the point where like, you know, if it's about to sell out, in order for you to even jump in, you have to pay like five or 10 times more than somebody who minted earlier. So by them making it a level, um, you know, price to mint, it kind of gave everybody equal opportunity to get a, a rare one or just something that they like. Yeah, I got it. Um, it's interesting. I mean, you're, you're not the, the first person that I'm meeting who kind of, you know, had his entry point into the NFT world through Top Shots. Um, mm -hmm. And it feels like it's it's a very easy kind of entry point, very user friendly, uh, especially for people who don't have the crypto background in place. It's, it's very easy to come in. And the interesting thing is like it's it's on the flow blockchain. It's not even on Ethereum blockchain or any other right. kind of relatively more popular blockchains out there. So that's another kind of curious uh, point. And the third thing that, you know, I notice is um, many of the flow uh, of, of the Top Shot guys actually got into the PFPs and started by Bored Apes being their first PFP uh, thing. So I don't know if anyone from there kind of started bringing in people or what exactly happened, but it felt like for many, Bored Apes were actually the first collectible they got into. Um, so uh, th that was your case as well, right? From what I understand. Yeah, I, I didn't really have a profile picture that represented me. I, nobody would have known who I was. Um, or connected a profile picture to me if I didn't change it to my current one, which is the gold frame. So that was the profile picture I used pretty much ever since I um, ever since I bought it. I didn't mint that one, but once I bought it, I figured that was gonna be the best one I could I could get for the money I had. So yeah, I just left it at that. Um, but I did notice, you know, people who didn't really have, you know, I I sort of recognized their profile picture, but maybe it was a picture of themselves or a picture of a basketball player, but once they change it to an ape, you could easily recognize, I guess, the sense of community that um, the former, you know, Top Shot group, now ape group, was having amongst each other. Yeah, yeah, that that's what I was noticing as well. So, um, I mean, the Bored Apes Yacht Club, it, it was kind of a, a big phenomenon back in the days because, like, before that, there were many profile uh profile picture sort of um, uh, projects out there and collectibles out there and there were like tons of coming after that uh, so obviously there has been a, a bit of luck and a bit of kind of you know research and 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 finding out about it at, at a relatively early stage etc cetera, etc cetera. so um how did you like i mean obviously yeah you saw many of the people changing it to their profile pictures but like what was there like what made you decide to get into it was it just a curiosity or was there something that actually hooked you up and kind of made you believe in it so much that you later on continued buying more of those um i think at the time so it was kind of hard for me to go back and know exactly what i was thinking but i definitely was on twitter 
definitely, you know, shopping for top shot moments, really specific ones. Um, so, you know, my nights would just be um, going back and forth between the two. And it was just something really crazy on that night of April 30th going into May 1st because the apes just took over Twitter. Everybody was flexing as a profile picture, um, bragging about how many they minted or if they're going to mint more. And so I had never minted an NFT on you know, ETH before. It was just Top Shot. So I had to, um, I didn't have a laptop to do any crypto as well. So I had to use my cell phone MetaMask uh, app to do everything. So it was kind of clunky. But once I figured out you know, how it works and make sure I had enough gas for it after I minted the three, um, I, th- I think what made me what made me mint was just, you know, a credible pr- profile that I followed, shared the probably shared the link to the website and said, you know, here's here's where you go to mint. And I didn't really know the steps after that. Um, obviously, now we know we, we know a whole lot more, you know, precaution, precautionary measures and you know what to do during minting. But at the time, it was just kind of the wild, wild west. It was press a button and get lucky. So I am. Um, yeah. After I minted the three. I, I was pretty happy with what I got, um, you know, just, it was just nice to be part of the club, but just based off of, um, the Twitter activity, I knew it was going to sell out that same night. It was, you know, I was around, um, 6603 through 6605 for my three. So there was about, you know, 3000, almost 3400 left. Um, and I knew they were going to sell out really quick just, um, based off of watching Twitter. So just, you know, that, that was my first time ever being in a, you know, profile picture um, atmosphere, you know, during the minting process, but also during a time where the mint was going to sell out because, you know, that happens like five times a day or you know, five times a day nowadays, a new collection would sell out. But back then it was just the first time, you know, I'd ever seen it. So it was something that was fascinating. Um, that same night, I probably joined the Discord and um, eventually probably read, read the website, checked out the roadmap. So what they were doing a little bit differently with the, um, you know, same flat price to mint. So there was a lot of things that I felt that they were already giving back to the community just by mm-hmm. in their in their roadmap and their rules. They also have they still have a bathroom wall where you can paint a pixel every I think every fifteen minutes. But it was a lot shorter time. It was probably every two minutes back then. So which I was, was a, the only utility back in those times, right? Yeah, um, that was my first time ever yeah. connecting. I met a mask and and you know approving that I own a specific NFT, but I mean, that's, if that, if that's all we had, it was better than anything else I had, you know? So I thought that was pretty cool that they like, you know, not, not, not to be like an exclusive group, but at least to be rewarded for owning NFT, um, to be able to participate the same way other people are doing at the same time almost. Yeah, no, completely makes sense. I mean, um, so unfortunately, I completely missed the um, the train, or should I say, the yacht with board ape yacht club mm-hmm. because I accidentally discovered them on Twitter Spaces. So I kind of, you know, I I, I got into their Twitter Spaces completely out of nowhere, and I had no idea what was going on. So I I, I went in. I was the only one without like an ape avatar in there, and and I started listening just to figure out what's going on. Um, and, and the interesting thing where, you know, I felt like, oh my God, like this project is, is kind of, you know, a real deal was because the conversation wasn't about money. It wasn't about trading. It wasn't about flipping. The guys there were talking about 
putting together a book club, what books they are going to read, uh, what kind of you know projects they want to organize together, what kind of community activities they should be about and stuff like that. So I was like, oh my God, like this is so different in terms of vibe and in terms of connection. These guys are like a real deal. Um, so then I even remember, like I probably have it in my messages. I messaged someone from the stage from the speakers and i'm like can you tell me what is this all about so he sent me the link to the you know to the website and i started looking into it but again like i was too late to the whole party thing and <laughs> although now when you look at it i mean it wasn't late at all but like you know um you didn't know back then right so so i i think like not only they they shaped the things differently um and uh, they were one of the first ones to, who came up with this new type of uh, uh value and utility and kind of you know the copyright elements etc uh but from from me as a writer from from my perspective they were the only ones who probably had the most compelling story around it where they did the storytelling right from the perspective that the story was not about them the story was about the the people in the community so the the people in the community were the heroes of the stories and usually that's when it works best that's when it resonates most right so subconsciously people get attracted to the thing because it's about them so um so that was kind of the interesting thing um obviously after that you you came across loads of and loads of different collectibles so let's just look at at that side of the story right like now we're bombarded with loads of different Animal, all sorts of animals are already probably out there. I don't know if they've missed any, but it feels like any, all animal collectibles are almost there. Uh, we ended up with loads of derivative projects and, you know, lots of um, different versions of apes and punks and everything else. So that has been covered more or less. I think I saw something about a mixture between dead fellows and something else um recently whatever like we had the derivatives uh we have many many different versions of women at the moment um i don't know what else will be coming in the future so there is loads of stuff loads of information coming in obviously we don't have enough time to follow everyone to go and visit everyone's discords to talk to all the communities it's 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 just gonna be impossible um so how are you keeping track of those like how are you actually choosing uh which one to look into that's a good question i think um for me with the apes and um i guess a lot of rumors coming out about possible utility token you know that could be used for mm -hmm. their game or merch or any sort of thing um that kind of led me to looking into other co uh, other collections that have passive utility tokens like Cyberkongs and um, Cold-Blooded Creeps. So lately, I've um, pretty much since late January, early February, um, started really going into the creeps because doing the, just doing the math and looking at how many you know passive tokens I could get with my investment, I thought it was a good way to sort of, instead of you know going all in on apes or where at the time it was all in apes and cybercons, I could sort of split my investments to have a little bit of, you know, creeps passive tokens and cybercons with the banana and then apes hopefully with their impending token. So those are the um, three that I really like. And then once I am comfortable with how much I'm putting in and how much I'm, you know, getting in return, I would use that money to reinvest in um, just other, you know, 
other projects that I would you know, have to do some research to make sure that I'm not doing it too late or I'm not in there too early just so I could, you know, flip a few and make some more, you know, make some more money that way. So right now I'm not trying to do as much flipping, just trying to set a, um, you know, take the money that I have, not, not bringing money in, but use the money that I have to hopefully, you know, generate some more passive tokens. And then, so, so it might take like a month or two before I get really heavy back in the game, but I definitely spent, you know, the month of January, um, late part of December, just building up as many apes as I could. So I could put, put that to the side until we deal with the, you know, the changes with the ape coin and then, um, focus my investments on other projects that can be like, um, to me, it's like a, like a walkthrough or a practice run of what I, what I could be doing when, um, board apes release their ape coin, you know, what would be the best strategy? Is it, um, you know, do you use the coins to play in the game? Do you sell them? You know, do you trade them? Do you, um, do you sell your apes to buy more coins? Do you sell your coins to buy more apes or, or creeps, mm -hmm. etc. So yeah. I'm mainly interested in like um, the you know, play to earn and passive utility tokens. But January was a really huge month. I've noticed the, a lot of collect a lot of collections that weren't doing too well in November, December really took off in January. So I missed a lot, you know, by focusing on just the apes and cybercoms and creeps. But hopefully, I can get some of that back, you know, residually to like sort of buy buy into those projects that really went um, went up a lot in January. And with that said, I think you know I don't know what would be I guess the best thing going forward for NFT, like what particular trend or genre, but um, definitely you know January definitely opened up my eyes that there's a lot of different projects that did well. It's not just apes or you know, creep yeah, like that. yeah. So, I mean, World of Women had a phenomenal yeah. growth, for example, and there are going to be increases as well. So it's, it's it's a very similar kind of you know road ahead for them and, that I see. Um, yeah, it feels. And like then, yeah, that project did really well, and um, I I think you know this is observation, but I think I've seen a lot more women join the space, which is obviously great. Um, I yeah. you know it's it's just kind of weird, you you know, as a guy to to make financial decisions based on you know whether whether or not more women come into the space but uh, you know some people do that and now i now that i think that we've seen the growth it definitely you know there's no more um inherent bias or or i don't say no more but there's a lot less you know bias as far as men choosing projects that are created by men or women so i'm definitely interested in seeing what women-led projects and projects that, you know, make women the focus, um, I should be investing in going forward. So I, yeah, I know there are a lot more coming out. It's going to be interesting. Too, so it'll be pretty yeah. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting because I remember like back in the days when, um, you know, there was loads of talk about diversity and specifically like lack of diversity in, in you know, in the collectibles. Um, many people were giving me the argument of uh, punks, for example, and they were saying like, you know, punks were mainly all male. Uh, many, many had that, you know, misconception, although like I think around 3,000 out of 10,000 are, are female punks, right? The thing was that, you know, those female punks 
photographs were just not used as as profile pictures because most of the punk owners were men, right? Even if they were owning the the female version, they were not you show they were showcasing the the male version because they resonated with that. So it gave that wrong impression that it was an all male kind of you know avatar based uh, project, for example. So there. Are, the, the things are changing at the moment, obviously. Um, so, what um, with with board apes, I, I get it that you you know you you accumulated more and more. So at the moment you have thirty something, and you're keeping and holding them because you don't know what the plans with the ape token are going to be. So you want to be a big holder when when that thing comes along. That that was the logic behind it, right? Mm-hmm. And then Correct. you will decide what to do with them. Okay. Yeah, they announced that in October, shortly after I got my first CyberConf. So I was already sort of leaning towards trying to get more of those um, passive tokens because I had so many apes at the time. But once they decide, once they chose or announced that they were going to do it, that was a really big time for me to, to you know, hold on to as many as possible because I didn't want to. I'd rather hold on to it and, you know, I can take the risk of maybe the price going down or we stuff price going down while still keeping the token as opposed to selling it now um, and then missing out on whatever possible airdrop or multiplier mm-hmm. that I would get for having that ape. So it's a um, obviously it's an excess excessive amount of apes, but it's it's the point where like, okay, I'm fine with not touching these apes until ape coin, you know, if I if all the rest of my investments go to zero I'll still be okay. Um, so it's like, I don't, but I don't want to like get, I don't want to really get rid of my apes or a large chunk of them now and then get into other projects um, and then miss and then say, Oh, I missed out on this many ape coin, you know, from, from doing that. So I just, yeah. it's just more of a bias in um, the faith I have in the team for the project that I, you know, I think I owe myself to to get as much as possible with the, I guess, portfolio yeah. that I have, which is what I have currently. No, I totally get that. I mean, since you mentioned the team, like, how did you feel? Like, I was so, I don't know, like, I didn't really feel well at all when, when this thing with BuzzFeed happened and two of the team members were doxxed against their will um, and their identities were kind of revealed. Uh, because the whole team was on before that. Uh, so, ha- I mean, what do you think about that? Like, to me, it was such a, like, low, not even low-quality journalism. Like, it wasn't a journalism at all. And and I didn't even feel like there was a need for revealing anything because they couldn't find anything suspicious or anything that wasn't really, like, I, I just didn't feel like the need of that reveal. It didn't really add any value to the whole article or it didn't really bring anything to the space per se. So I felt like it was very kind of, uh, I don't know. I felt like it was a, a very unethical move. Like, how did you feel about that? Um, I, I agree somewhat uh, that, you know, that they probably shouldn't have doxed them in that way, you know, unknown or without any sort of um, warning or anything like that. I just know that nowadays, when, when uh, let's say, let's say if I was brand new to NFTs and I was talking to a Franklin or um, you know somebody else on Twitter, just anybody who, if I was just starting over and was just following people, um, you know, what advice would I take from them? And I think a lot of people would say, you know, make sure you do your research into the teams of certain projects 
don't get scammed by anonymous dev teams or people with hiding behind you know anonymous Twitter accounts because they could easily just you know disappear with the minting funds and you know you'll be left with NFT with not really utility or community. So, but because we're under that environment now where there's a lot of scams, a lot of rug pulls, I think doxing is not as criminal as <laughs> what we what we made it out to be for BuzzFeed. It was just that we we sort of turned back the hands of time to to you know back when board apes came out when it was I guess okay for them to be anonymous. But I just know that um, if if board apes started today, a lot of us would be clamoring to figure out who these founders are before we even buy. Yeah, no, no, I get that. Yeah. I just feel like they had to come to it themselves, and they they should do it. Yeah, on I, their I don't own think. Yeah. that's that. That was just my comment. That's yeah. Just because, yeah, because they succeeded and did so well, I that was one of the few projects that I you know trust anonymous people to to help me out for, um, and the fact that you know they do LLCs and um, trademarks and things like that you and at least in the United States you have to sort of be semi doxed with the government if you're trying to make all this money so I tr- I knew that it wasn't going to be like four people who would just take the money and run so I didn't need them to be doxed um, but we you know and, and with the rules that our space is playing by it seems like a doxed team can do a little bit better than an undoxed team so I Mm. It didn't really like it didn't really make it, having them docs did not make me want to sell my ape. I don't think it make other people want to you know dump their apes and things like that. I think it will be a net positive for um, our community. And it's, and yeah. it's not like the whole team is docs anyway, so we're still half and half. So if you wanted them docs, you, you're halfway there. <laughs> yeah, if you didn't want them at all. You're still you know <laughs> you're still halfway. No, no, no. There. Yeah, it completely half makes sense. Yeah, completely makes sense. I, I mean, since we mentioned a little bit about kind of, you know, the whole market and, and the risks and the scams, uh, let's let's talk a little bit about that because, like, uh, there are lots of people who are relatively new in the space. And uh, and obviously, like, there are loads of things to, to be aware of and, and to sort of, you know, be very cautious about uh, and, and loads of kind of trust thing that needs to be earned eventually, of, of course, with the time, etc. And, and one of the things is when, when people have such valuable, like a very high value NFTs uh, in their wallets, um, that's another sort of heart, headache, right? In terms of, okay, how to keep them secure, how to make sure that they are not at risk, where to keep them, how to keep them, et cetera, et cetera. So obviously in your case, like it's, it's probably 30 times more than that uh, in terms of how much you have to figure out. So, so if... Um, like, what's your advice? Like, when, when people have such big collections, such an expensive collections, what's the best way to deal with them? Like, you know, how to make sure that you, you add those extra layers of security to it? Um, at least how I approach my wallet with the apes, um, I think the big key is to never, you know, first have a harder wallet, which is, I think, a nice requirement to have uh, for anybody who has any sort of NFT. Um, but at least with the hardware wallet, in order for me to confirm a transaction, I have to like read it on the on my device and press the button to confirm. So that gives, you know, that keeps somebody from, you know, hacking into my wallet and doing transactions at a different location, um, because that person wouldn't have my seed phrase nor private key because uh, I've never you know shown it 
or never type it in or never take a picture of it. Um, I, I think the best advice to keep people from accessing Rala is to never reveal your C phrase, never reveal your private key. And um, with the hardware wallet, I don't have to do that. Um, the only way somebody would have seen my C phrase is if the first time I opened it, you know, they would have to look over my shoulder and read the device and, and watch me write <laughs> the, the words down. Um, and I think by writing the words down, keeping them in, keeping them in, keeping them in multiple safe places um, keeps you from having to memorize the C phrase. So if I'm like groggy in the middle of the night and I see a big box that says type your C phrase in to claim this, you know, free NFT worth a thousand billion dollars, there I won't be able to type my C phrase in because I don't know it by heart. I would have to, you know, go to where my C phrase is located and mm-hmm. pick up all the copies of it, stitch them together, come back home, type it in. Like by the time I do all that, I'm like, it's just too much effort. And I, by yeah. then I realized, oh, I shouldn't be typing my seed phrase anywhere. So I think having that, um, you know, sort of sort of sense of um, deniability where you just really can't, like you really can't type your seed phrase because you don't know it. I think that really helps in the long run because it keeps you from making impulse decisions. Now, obviously there's, impulse decisions of approving transactions that, you know, execute sending out NFTs, sending out your apes to the scammer. Um, that probably needs to be, um, I guess a safe way to avoid doing that is to not, you know, if you use your, well, I, I don't have my hardware wallet connected to my cell phone, but if you use like a, if you use like a burner wallet on like your cell phone or something, then that would keep you from accessing your hardware wallet. The, the, the obviously the safest thing to do if you want to diamond hand all of your NFTs is to put them into a hardware wallet and just never even use the hardware wallet to approve any transactions. So yeah. if you, um, I, I just like using it. It's 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 not a, the best security practice, but I can I use it to you know store ethan to make purchases from. But I also once I connect it, I always you know, disconnect it or revoke permissions. But obviously the safest way to keep stuff in your wallet is to just put things in the wallet that you'll never want to transfer back out of that you never want to sell from. And if you never approve anything, they'll just be sitting there. And so there's absolutely no way it could be hacked because if you had your other security practices, like keeping your seat phrase in multiple divided up into multiple locations, nobody's going to be able to, you know, find all those at one time and type them into, yeah. your, you know, into their, into their hardware wallet. So, there's a lot that I've thought about and there's a lot of unfortunate scams that I've avoided. Um, but at least, you know, each time you see a new one, it kind of rings the bell or lets me double check and make sure I'm, you know, avoiding that from happening again. Yeah. And another no, thing with on unauthorized links to um, trading websites, all the trading websites, they've realized that people get scammed through links. So the trading websites don't provide trading links anymore. They just require you to log into their um, yeah. main website to, to view your offers. So if you get a link from somebody saying, hey, click this link and we'll do the trade, that's not how it works anymore. Absolutely. Yeah. Do you have any preference for a hardware wallet? I have a um, Ledger Nano X. So that's the one I've, I've used so far. Um, maybe I'll start yeah. buying more down the road or different types and see how they work. So, so I have a funny story about uh, Ledger. Um, I think uh, around 2017 is where I've got uh, when I've got my first Ledger, 
and I bought it with Bitcoin. So probably it's the most one of the most expensive ledgers out there if you just convert how much you paid in Bitcoin and how much it's worth at the moment. So um, back in those days, I, I don't even think they... Yeah, I think there was just, you know, two options, ETH or, or Bitcoin. And uh, yeah, <laughs> those were the two uh, options. And um, and yeah, it's a pretty expensive ledger that I've got at the moment. <laughs> but yeah. Um, okay. Did you, so- did you buy it and then store your, did you use it just to store a lot of crypto? Or did you... Um- like yes. Yeah, so, so, so basically what I did, I'm, I'm not really a t- trader type of person, so I'm, I'm mainly holding, but also, uh, I bought it just, you know, to, uh, so since several years already, because I work in, in the crypto space, uh, professionally, I'm, I'm getting paid my salary in crypto. So I, I was using my ledger to get it on, on the hardware wallet and, and then sort of, you know, to, to to drive it to Coinbase or or Kraken okay. for converting it into fiat and pay, paying bills. So that was kind of you know felt a bit safer route rather than just you know uh, yeah. So whatever was uh, it, it was mainly yeah for storing um, stuff in there. Uh, and back then I didn't have NFTs, so I had several crypto kitties back in those days. Um, unfortunately, I I changed my phone and I lost access to my wallet where those four crypto kitties were. So I can only see them in my wallet from far away, but I can't really access them. So that's that's another unfortunate story from the past days. Uh, so yeah, so back in those days, like you know. Uh, there wasn't such an NFT scene back back then, so so yeah, the hardware wallet wasn't really being used for those um, at at back yeah. But uh, but now it's a completely different story, right? So now some of the NFTs are were way more <laughs> valuable than uh, than one Bitcoin, for example. So obviously you you need to to pay attention to it and be equally quite careful or even more so i just feel like you know just like bitcoin maxis were are are so cautious about where and how they keep their bitcoin it's it's probably the same story and the same logic that people should follow about how and where to to store their nfts and the other thing that i think is interesting is that Back in those days, you might have thought that, you know, your NFTs are worth nothing. Like, for example, with punks, people would claim it for free and, you know, and they were available for quite a long time. People didn't even want to get them so much, right? It took them a while to sort of, you know, to have every, everything claimed back in the days. So you may think like, oh, it's not a big deal. Like, you know, I've got it for free. It's just a free picture or whatever it is. And, and, and uh, you know, now it's a completely different story, right? So if, if back in those days you didn't really pay attention or you weren't very careful or you lost access to your wallet, wherever, whatever it was, like, then it, it would have been a, a, a problematic thing, right? So, so I think um, that's another thing. Right now we may think like, okay, yeah, I have this nice whatever, like this nice animal from a collection that is worth nothing or, you know, it's, it's just a very small amount. Um, but you never know what's going to happen in a few years' time. So I, I guess it's, it's, it's always a good practice to sort of, yeah, be careful and, and, and keep everything and make sure you can access everything you have everywhere you have it. So, so yeah, I guess that's the thing. Um, okay, so... Um, 
I guess uh, I don't know. Like many people who are in collectibles, the the issue that they have is that it takes loads of time to follow everything, right? To follow the projects, to spend time in Discord, to follow the news, uh, to be in the know about what's happening in the space, to make sure that they don't miss out any uh, important development. So it's it's kind of a lot of time and effort and attention that is required for that stuff, right? So how are you managing that? Because you also mentioned that you're working as well, right? So this is not your full-time thing. Um, so how are you balancing things out? Yeah, um, I try not during the day, during the days to be on Twitter or, you know, checking OpenSea or prices um, much. I do work from home, so it's a lot more tempting to do it than if I would say at an office. Um, and then mm-hmm. at night, usually more family time. So I'm trying to stay, you know, keep keep my time off there. It's, it's usually the really, really, really late nights right, where I spend most of the time researching and seeing what happened during the day. Um, especially now that I've gotten so much into um, getting the passive tokens, it, it keeps me from having to worry about, you know, oh, did I miss out on this or miss out on that? Because at least I would be ending up with a little bit more ETH guaranteed than I would have the day before. And so yeah. even if, you know, even if it's just a couple of cents, um, it's still, I you know, that that, is, that was fine with me, you know, a year ago this time, made a couple of dollars a day in income and still, money that I didn't have before. So taking that extreme logic and with the up, you know, ApeCoin coming up and then the creeps limit token that I'm getting, it sort of keeps me, um, you know, in a, in a more level mood than maybe I was earlier in the summer when, you mm-hmm. know, my head was spinning about all different types of projects. So yeah. it lets me step back and just observe the space and see, you know, if, in general, it's going up or going down, but at least I don't have to worry about uh, a specific individual project that I. So you have to- less FOMO. That's what you're saying, yeah. Yeah, I mean it's a privileged <laughs> position to have, given how many apes I have. Um, I just try not to think about that number of, of in my ape collection and just focus on. Okay, if I just put that aside, how much ETH do I have right now? What can I do mm-hmm. with it? So the money yeah. that I'm making with you know creeps and cybercoms are just you know, money that I could have spent on apes, but I feel like it was a good sort of um, diversification that, yeah. okay, I can, I can make, I can still make money in NFTs, you know, hopefully, you know, the goal would be more money than what I make in my day job just by, you know, not doing anything. And um, I felt like I did the, I put the effort, the time and effort in to, to follow markets and follow trends enough in 2021 that I can sort of step back and, you know, just improve myself mentally in 2022, and the the wrench that gets thrown in is the the ape coin. Um, if that's a big hit, then you know I would enjoy having that extra those extra tokens, and maybe I could use that to reinvest into the NFT space and sort of dive back in and find these you know new trends or you know the growing amount of users, new marketplaces, etc. So kind of right now, I'm sort of in a holding period where um, I think a lot of us are in the ape community. We're just waiting to see what <laughs> what the yeah. next announcement is. Um, and that's an observation that I've noticed between like that project and even with um, like a Creeps project or any other project, there's a lot of people who need to have sort of announcements or roadmap progress being shown 
for them to want to hold their NFT for a long period of time. And um, with Apes, you know, we haven't had a big major roadmap update since um, since probably Ape Fest. Other than that, it's just been games and teasers. Yeah. Um, but any other project that <laughs> took this long of a delay will probably not probably not do too well because people. I wouldn't say are yeah. impatient. They're just no. you know the time yeah, yeah, yeah. so fast they see what you mean. that they're ready to go to the next to the next uh, big thing. Yeah. So I, that's another thing I'm, I'm trying mean. to see yeah. what mm-hmm. what projects can survive without huge announcements or huge promises, things like that. Yeah, no, it makes sense. For those who are watching and don't really know how it works, when you mention passive income and you mention, you know, that you're getting money uh, passively from um, from creeps and from Kongs, can you explain how that works? Yeah, well, we can't, in our country, we can't say uh, passive income um, okay. because <laughs> let's branch really that. Yeah, you can't promise yeah. buying something and getting a, you know, like a dividend or something in return without it being Got it. Like because it, it it can be considered as a security. That's why. Yeah, something like that. So okay. so mm-hmm. that's what the reason why I think the um, board apes are taking so long to develop their token because being, you know, now being doxxed, being in the US, you know, the yeah. such a high value NFT company, mm-hmm. they don't want to, you know, run afoul of the government from day one. So yeah. Yeah, that's another thing. You know, I, I know they have that in the back of their heads and they wouldn't be, you know, purposely purposefully breaking any laws. But let's just say um, for the sake of the discussion that whenever they do release something, it is it is more money that I'll be making just by not doing anything. And I think um, how that would work is if a project has a token that has demand for people to buy it, who might not own any sort of NFT and also people who, who own the NFT, but just need to, uh, instead of waiting to receive them, they need to skip to the front of the line or they need to, you know, increase their balance or maybe the price is really low. Mm-hmm. So they want to just invest and see if they can flip it at a profit. Um, as long as, as long as there are use cases for the token, you know, sort of play to earn environment, my Nova really early, I don't think there's going to be a like, um, PlayStation, type video game where we're just using crypto tokens that other people are making that you could buy or sell or earn. Well, I think we're still away, away from that, but that's just something that I, you know, I always think of Grand Theft Auto, the video game as an example, they have money in the game. Um, that money in the game could be bought using real money or earned during the game. So as long as you have like utility for that and people want to, to um, stack their, play money instead of their real money, I think that would make the token succeed. So a lot of these projects have either promised it or have started it. You know, they, they could already start an early version of video game. And a way, the ways to earn tokens are, if you have a certain NFT, you could stake it by, um, you know, transferring it out of your wallet to a staking wallet so that the smart contract gives you a certain amount of tokens, you know, every, you know, I guess every second and it adds up until you decide to claim the tokens. And then uh, maybe there's options where they either you have to pay gas to take your NFT back to get the tokens, or you can just get the tokens and pay gas and leave your NFT in the staking contract. Um, with CyberKongs, there's no staking needed. You just, you could, you could have it listed for sale or you were not unlisted, but as long as it's in your wallet, you'll be accumulating the NAND token. And you can always claim it. 
So it, that eliminates the amount of gas, you know, paid, I guess, by half because you only need one transaction to get your passive tokens. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see how the apes do it. Maybe maybe they'll ask us to stake or maybe we don't have to stake and there'll be like cyberconks where we're just sitting and we don't have to do anything to our ape and we'll we'll be able to grab the tokens. Um, maybe they don't even have passive tokens at all. Maybe um, the pot is over here and then you play the game and if you win the game, you yeah. get some pot. And um, because, or maybe it's split up where like certain amount of apes on this day get the token and certain amount of apes another day get a token or mutants get a token this day or mutants get this many percentage of tokens as apes. And then like, yeah, yeah they, make the yeah, there are, uh, there are too many different options yeah. in there. And I guess like many people would like to have been a fly on, on, on the walls of, uh, you know, the team <laughs> when they were discussing those for sure, just to figure yeah, out which, which option they would pick. Mm-hmm. But yeah, absolutely. A question like there is this, um, very tempting tendency, especially with people who actually like bet on the right collectibles and kind of made it right when when the collectibles just like board apes mooned, and it's it's like all these tweets that we see from people saying I quit my job, I quit my job, and you know I'm finally free, and I'm in NFTs full time and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, with thirty something board apes, you could have definitely done that. So a question like, uh, were you ever tempted or like, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, what, sure. what's the situation the temp- there? The is there. I mean, we need, first need health insurance, so that's important. You know, who knows if you go wrong, but I want to be, you know, what if, what if NFTs tank by 50% one day and then I get sick the next day? <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. you always want to be prepared for the worst. Um, yeah. And I just was confident in my abilities to make money outside of the apes um, and outside of my job through other in a few ways now that I have what I have now with the um, creeps and cybercons that, you know, I would I would be betting that hopefully one day that the amount of tokens, if things go well, would be more than what I make at my job. Um, And like I said, I'm not even counting the ape coin. So if I can get like a sweet spot where I don't have to do anything NFT wise and just collect, collect, collect passive tokens to replace what I make at my day job, that would be a nice signal for me to quit. But if it's like, you know, five or 10% more than what I make in my day job, or even, you know, you know, if it's like a marginal amount more, I don't think it's worth quitting my job for because, you know, that the market is so volatile that you, I could be projected to make my salary in a year today and tomorrow the value of token goes down by 50%. And then it's like, well, now that's two years worth of work that I, or two years worth of passive tokens that I would need to replace one year of work. So I think it's, I think it's important if you can, you know, to keep a, <laughs> keep a job in the web two world, um, unless you're just for sure, you know, certain that you're making a regular you know, regular I, I think it's I it's very that. important you mentioned mm-hmm. that because uh, you know it's uh, the temptation is very high. I get that, and like yeah. m- many people are very tempted to do so, and we do. Uh, I just feel mm-hmm. like that sustainability and stability, and kind of you know, projecting and understanding um, what's going to happen next uh, is is very important indeed. So, like you know, if, yeah. If I 
if I just dumped yeah. all my apes right now at this current price, I would be you know very happy with the money I got from it to the point where I probably probably would quit because that would be more money than I would have made in my job up to you know retirement. Yeah. I yeah. just I just think you know we still have ways to go <laughs> with this project, and I can I I will be okay if like I lose half of it and unrealized gains. I I just think that um you know it's too I just feel it's too early to quit that. Um, to get out of the apes to to quit my job, I feel like yeah. if I could do both for as long as I can, I think that would be more beneficial for my just for my you know health wise and and you know crypto wise. I think you know I'll be selling myself short if I didn't make it to the ape coin passive token. Yeah. 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 No. 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 I get it, and I think it's a very sort of uh, down to earth approach, which is mm -hmm. not always very common in this space, right? Like we are all very impatient, very emotional, very kind of, uh, yeah, it, it's not a very common <laughs> way of looking at things. So, um, so yeah, I just wanted to point that out because I thought it's, it's important and not many are actually talking about it. So it, 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 it it's kind of a, a good point to make, um, at, at this conversation. Yeah. Um, I, think, I think it's good for me to have that choice where like, okay, I can get rid of five or ten apes if any time and I'll be yeah. happy with it no matter what the price. Obviously, if the price dropped, you know, 99%, I'll be upset, but I doubt that it's going to happen. <laughs> sorry sorry yeah. to hear my dog. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. Okay, so I guess, uh, I don't know. I mean, if we have to wrap it up, maybe we can sort of, you know, uh, dive a little bit into... Uh, I mean, many people are kind of, you know, thinking about whether collectibles is the future actually, or it had like this big hype and now it's going to slow down with the time and some other things are coming into the space that are going to be the next big thing. Mm -hmm. Um, so, so what are your views on that? Like are PFPs still going to be around or maybe it's going to be replaced with, uh, bigger interest among one-on-one -on -one art or is it going to be play to earn like the metaverse etc etc like how do you see this space evolving do you think like another board ape type of big success pfp is gonna come in the future or it's already sort of like that was the time and it was done and now it's about something else that's a good question um it's really hard to predict the future. I had no idea when I bought the apes that they would be the, you know, I guess the face of NFT profile pictures in terms of cost to, you know, floor price and things like that. There is no way I'd predict that, especially nine months in. I would have said, like, you know, give it three, four, five, six years. Um, so now, if we started from now and go like two or three years in the future, I, I think that, you know, the quote unquote, metaverse where we're all in like a 3d virtual world i think that's going to be the leading um sort of trend for web3 so we'd all have a like a 3d digital identity where we can visit digital worlds um it's a lot easier to do that than travel during a you know pandemic and risking our lives so i think a lot of society will probably be keen to you know moving towards a virtual virtual world from here on out there's a lot less you know there's a lot less logistics involved in doing that. So instead of actually being somewhere in person. So I think that's where we're headed. As far as profile picture projects, um, I thought in September, October that they're going to get tiresome and people won't care about them anymore. But 
<laughs> a lot of new people came after Christmas. And yeah. it just made me realize like we're still sort of at the beginning. And so I, I think there's a lot more left with profile picture projects, not necessarily new ones. Um, there, there's also you know ones that existed, even even with their small limited quantities, people people could still recognize and want them. And I really like how um, diverse people's choices are, where you know not everybody wants an ape as their profile picture. They're really happy with maybe their first NFT or NFT that they worked really hard to trade up to get, and it, and it could be you know worth like you know, point one or point two ETH. You know, there's no there's no like disrespect or anything towards people who have different profile pictures. I think that's also good for a space too. You know, not everybody needs to have a um, board ape profile picture to to feel, I guess, included in, in our society. So I, I'm really excited that people are excited themselves about all kinds of different profile picture projects. And it's always cool seeing people with um, new profile picture projects that I haven't seen before and they've already, they're already rocking as a profile picture. So it just shows, you know, that they really care about their identity and, and you know, are very, you know, very protective of it. And I, I think we're going to have that for a while um, because I think we have to go through a cycle of everybody trying it at least once before we can move on. And there are some people who still haven't tried it yet who um, it's always just, it's always interesting. There's people like who just joined NFTs today who never bought one, you know, all this time and they'll have their profile picture changed by tomorrow. And you'll see it on Twitter by tomorrow, but it's like, as of now, you don't even know that they even know, they probably don't know what NFT is. And by the time you wake up tomorrow, <laughs> they have a new profile picture. So the, yeah. we I see a whole lot more of that come, happening. Um, and then eventually we'll start getting into like the virtual world metaverse. But I think that's where we're going to be at it. Okay, got it. And how do you feel about the Twitter's um, NFT verification feature? Have you tried that? Yeah, Are you cool. excited I, about it? Yeah. yeah, I'm very excited. I didn't even think that they would care enough about NFTs. Um, their founder, Jack, has Bitcoin in his bio. So it's not really like Ethereum. He's <laughs> not like a Ethereum-based yeah. NFT person. It's the fact that Twitter, you know, recognized how much we all used that platform to discuss NFTs and talk about it and show off our profile pictures. Um, and they and they like made it. They made verifiable. It's almost like a way to verify your account without needing a blue check mark. So if this is like the first way. If this is Twitter's first way of expanding their verification projects, and they chose NFTs. That really makes me think I was in the right space, in the right spot at the right time to um, be sort of ahead of it by already having an NFT profile picture. So now it's yeah. just um, validating it on the blockchain for the public to see. Yeah, I see what you mean. Uh, well, I mean, thank you very much for your time. It, it was no a problem. very interesting discussion. Uh, it's, it's, I think it's also very important to showcase people, um, you know, who who are a, a you know big whales, so to speak, in in the big high value project, and show how humble they are. Because I think that that's a very interesting and very important um, component of the community space, right? Uh, because it's it's kind of it's. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, many people are using these apes just to flex, uh, but but not all of them, right? And and not all of them are kind of rich people who who became even richer, right? So so I think it's it's very important to to see the humans behind those uh, avatars and PFP avatars, and to show that you know uh, 
we're talking to people just like us. It's it's nothing like so different. It's 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 not like uh, you know that that and these people didn't really change because they became JPEG rich. I think that's another thing that is very important uh, for me personally. Just you know to see to verify and also to to share with others because. Uh, you know, now we we're gonna have lots of celebrities coming into the space, and and uh, paying uh, these big big amounts for for an ape uh, and for the flex and for just getting into a space where you know they haven't been before, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. So um, the the boundaries are gonna get a bit blurred uh, in between with the time. So I think it's very important to sort of you know showcase people who have been there from the beginning and to talk about the real community behind those projects way before it's gonna change its demographics at one point it's going to change its vibe with the time maybe i mean i i just don't know how it's going to develop further so we'll see yeah um you mentioned celebrities i i wasn't expecting you know first i wasn't expecting a lot of celebrities to join this quickly but also didn't expect them to pay so much money so then it's always you know the outside society can just look at it yeah it's, it's just inviting the outside society where people don't like NFTs that much to to criticize because it's like, oh, why are they paying this much money just for you know this? Or did they get paid for that? You know, why are they shilling this particular NFT? You know, get in trouble. So definitely, um, I definitely can see that. And that was not the reason why I bought as many apes as I did at the time. I didn't buy it because a certain celebrity owned it. Uh, so as, as long as you know we keep our we stay honest to our to what we believe in as far as these projects, um, you know, it doesn't really. You know, I, I like it when you know new people join, whether it's celebrity or not a celebrity, and it's not a bad thing if somebody wants to exit or doesn't want to join. Yeah, um, no, no, no. I, I didn't mean it in in in, yeah. in the bad sense of things. I just wanted yeah. to put a bit of differentiation between the two and just showcase the the people who were there in the very yeah. beginning. Yeah. No, I, 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 the, I was just saying it because it surprised me too. I just didn't. I wasn't expecting like you know influencers and celebrities and big names to even recognize what Web three meant this early on i thought we were still <laughs> i thought we were still very early but yeah mainstream. yeah makes sense well yeah once again thank you very much for your time i really appreciate that so i will be saying goodbye to our audience and stop the stream uh before we catch up uh, before we part uh so mm -hmm. thank you very much everyone who was watching thank you very much uh and no um, thanks everybody bye everyone that's all that I had for you today. Thank you very much for listening. I truly appreciate every single one of you. If you enjoyed the episode, please subscribe to the podcast and leave a review because that would help the podcast grow. And to make sure that you're up to date with my articles as well, please subscribe to my newsletter at anialexander.com backward slash NFT rebels. Take care and I'll meet you in the next episode.